You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well, hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Thrash and Kill. You're listening to another thrilling episode of the Toilet of Hell Radio Show. Joined today by the good and golden boy. You know him. You love him. He's the internet sweetheart. Sometimes we call him 365 Days of Horror, but most of the time we just call him Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, been been a been a wild week, you know. Uh, lots of crazy stuff happening at work. Lots of crazy stuff happening online. I'm I'm excited to you know get together with my bud and uh, and podcast. So crazy, like you work in an ER. Crazy yeah. stuff is kind of like the only option. It's either crazy stuff or nothing. And I. I yeah. wonder how much cra- how much crazy stuff is actually crazy, or like, have you gotten used to it already yet? I mean, like, uh, when you have uh, a three hundred pound dude on PCP come in ready to like Hulk out and destroy your face and the face of everyone around you, like, I don't think you can get used to that. I have not anyway. Also, I didn't know PCP use was so fucking common, but it unfortunately is. <laughs> you just flip on a little hate breed, and you're like, oh, okay, this is a normal day then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. I had, I had, uh, this This is, you know, less crazy. I think more maybe a sweet story, uh, if you will. But I had uh, a patient come in, uh a teenage girl uh, yesterday who, you know, had a bunch of symptoms of nausea and, you know, <laughs> uh, turned out she was pregnant. That was like causing the nausea. And uh, her, her boyfriend was there with uh, with her. Again, these are young kids. Uh, and he had a uh, DIY Slipknot logo forearm tattoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the S logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, like, I feel like this is a great, like, romantic comedy in the making. Uh, but, but at the same time, like, it's so weird to me that there's like 19 year olds out there that are so into Slipknot in the year 2023 that they're like getting their buddy to do a fucking DIY tattoo job of their logo on their arm. That's crazy to me. Is that not crazy to you? It's, it's crazy. It's, you feel like if you're around our age, you kind of have the excuse, excuse of you were young when they were just coming up and. That's kind of the reason why you have it and not like, I really like all hope is gone. So that's why I had my friend do a stick and poke job on me. When you see someone with like a tattoo like that or maybe a metal shirt in your work life, do you say anything to them? Or oh, do you fuck just no. To no, absolutely not. I'm not bringing up any of this shit. <laughs> Part I of will the... not acknowledge if you're 555, then I'm 666 when I'm drawing blood. Exactly. I, I wear, you know, we don't have to anymore at work. I'm sure this is the case at every hospital across the nation now. You don't have to wear a mask anymore, but I'll be fucked if I let you see my face. <laughs> <laughs> no one must know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, anyway, how, how's your week been going? Uh, doing okay. Your usual week. All of yesterday, it was just pouring rain the entire time, which... As long as I don't have to go out in it, I don't mind. I like the dark and cool and gloomy weather. Um, but today it is sunny and shiny. Uh, you know, rain was pretty bad in California, too. So, so I've heard. Yeah, I, I, I've been looking at uh, Twitter this morning and uh, seeing some of the folks that uh, I know out on the West Coast uh, apparently had a pretty bad night, actually. Uh, what happened? 
Yeah, this was the Cruel World Festival, and I had only heard of this festival like very recently, like within the past week, which is always interesting. You'd figure other people would talk about it. And this is put on by, I think, Golden Voice, who is also doing that Old Man Rock Festival we talked about a few weeks ago, Power Trip. Oh, yeah. Those so motherfuckers. This, <laughs> so this was just a, a one-day fest in Pasadena, and it was kind of how I guess the thing now is to book all the old bands that you used to know and love when you were younger, and now that you can afford it, we can charge you out the ass to see all your old favorite bands. And this is like the 80s goth rock version of it, because uh, you had like Suzy Sue, you had Iggy Pop, and you had a whole bunch of other bands kind of in that vein. And I think this was Suzy Sue's first show in America in a very long time. I don't know exactly how long, but fair enough. And unfortunately, more towards the end of the fest, there was some sort of horrible torrential downpour with lightning and thunder, and it was extremely dangerous, and they had to just pull the plug on the whole thing. Yeah, um, a couple of folks uh, that I know online were saying, for example, their cars were completely submerged, uh, which seems uh, wildly dangerous. You ever uh, you ever been out on uh, around the uh, West Coast area when it starts raining? Uh, they don't get rain, so it it fucking floods. It doesn't just absorb any water; it just immediately floods. Like I was in I, uh, uh, San Diego once, uh, and it rained for like two or three days straight, and everything was fucked. <laughs> I've only been to the West Coast once when it was all nice and warm, but I was out in Iowa where like a sudden tornado and insane Midwest storm hit, and this was at a time where I like absolutely hated everything and hated my job and just did not want to be there, and it was at like a county festival. It was through work they had to go to and everyone had to like rush into like the one big building that everyone could hold. And by the time it let up, I went out to my car and it was surrounded by water, but not enough to kill my car. <laughs> so I didn't have an excuse to like not work anymore. Damn so it. I, was, I was more I was more upset that my car wasn't destroyed. By it. <laughs> oh, man, the old act of God. I can't come to work today. Excuse can't beat it. And uh, it, that just reminded me, same time frame, another tornado hit the area, and I was at work at the time, which was in a, like a strip mall parking lot, and an awning had blown off of the building and landed next to my car. No! And I was like, damn it! <laughs> it was the universe's way of saying, you have to work, you fucking sucker. Get back to work, scum. <laughs> so, I was, I've been trying to find the lineup just because... Kind of a cool lineup if you like your older stuff. Just on this festival, just throwing out the names people would know. Berlin, Modern English, Gang of Four, Gary Newman, Adam Ant, Echo and the Bunnymen, Boy Harsher for some reason. Huh. Bill, Billy Idol, Love and Rockets, The Human League, Iggy Pop, and Susie. So like every band you've listed except for like Boy Harsher has has at mm. least like one solid gold, like incredible 80s tune. Uh, that sounds like a very, very fun, fun lineup. Uh, but, uh, then again, like, I guess torrential death storm coming through kind of soured the mood for everybody. Yeah. So I think it happened during Iggy Pop set. So only like Susie was after. So I guess we'll see if they actually try to do another show or how that's going to work considering most of the show already happened. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I feel like, uh, yeah, like the headliner there, people, people want to see Susie Sue. 
Where, they're always asking, where's Susie Sue? Uh, you you got to do something with that. Just standing outside the Rose Bowl with your arms folded. Stay in line. If you stay in line, she has to play. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, that's, a, that's a huge bummer for everybody out there. I'm glad that uh, the Rose Bowl did not claim uh, more victims uh, and that hopefully everybody got out okay. Uh, but man, uh, the capricious nature of uh, you know sudden storms uh, in a warming environment seems like uh, seems like it might have unintended effects outside of like you know just normal daily life. Could fuck up your fest too. Uh, yeah, it, you could also have your festival in the middle of a desert, and it's just horrifically hot the entire time. Who could see that coming, right? <laughs> Certainly not the organizers of the. Six Ed World Festival. I know it's whatever sick new festival thing that they're calling it. Sick new world, excuse me. I just my brain always goes to Daria. Yeah, yeah. I thought that's what like I thought that was supposed to be an intentional like reference to Daria. I think so, but I guess they couldn't use the name or just wanted to go with their own thing. But uh, it was the big new metal festival that we talked about a while ago. Happened last weekend, I believe, and. Some bands were quietly like dropped off it. Like at one point, Monster Magnet was supposed to be on it, and then when they released the set times, there was just no mention of them. Huh. So um, some bands dropped off, some bands were added, but uh, some of the biggest complaints that were about it were obviously the heat and the price. Uh, it was all crammed into one day, which yeah. seems like a bad idea. Because uh, I mean, we went through that lineup. That's a hefty lineup. That's a lot for one day. It was a big lineup. I think it was three stages, um, and the set times for like the smaller bands were twenty five minutes. Ooh, like, like Seven Dust got twenty five minutes, but they had technical problems, which was a thing throughout the day of particularly the small stages just having all sorts of audio issues. So like their set got cut, uh, Body Count played on the same stage, and the vocals weren't coming through for a lot of it. Um, just all sorts of mini issues. I think Cradle of Filth had their set cut or had to, it had to be delayed 30 minutes and then there was curfew. So it sounds like the bigger bands on the main stage had no problems, but the smaller ones didn't get a lot of time and had a lot of issues. How do you have a curfew at a festival in the middle of the desert? I guess it wasn't in the middle of the desert enough. Oh. You know, the su- supposedly the city where it's a nonstop party has a strong 1 a.m. cutoff. Wow, that is uh, that is not very party. That is not very rock and roll, Las Vegas. I don't know. I feel like with these bands, particularly the older new metal ones, it should be in a gross club. Yeah, it shouldn't be outdoors with the festival railing splitting the crowd into two gigantic piles of people. It should be in a shitty club. It should be $10 to see five of these bands on one stage, five on another. And everyone should have silly Janko jeans and spiky hair. Uh, fully agreed. Las Vegas is hot. It's in the desert. It sucks. It's a bad place to be, let alone try to stand in a field and watch bands play. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do not want any part of that. How about you? Nah, no thanks. But the other thing that was going on at this festival and has some people up in arms or, I don't know, maybe shrugging slightly. Uh. And this this is kind of – this is something that's been happening over the past couple of months in discussions, uh, particularly in rock and metal live settings. And we just never really talked about it because eh, whatever. But apparently Orgy, who I think like was the first band playing on this day at like 1230 in the afternoon – 
Um, a lot of people were saying that they were allegedly using a lot of backing tracks, uh, particularly vocal tracks during their set, which again was like 25 minutes. Uh, to the point where if you watch videos and you watch the vocalist, you could see vocals going on and the mic's not near him or uh, his mouth's not moving at certain points. So I guess it was egregious enough to upset people. I mean, like, <clears throat> I don't think that I would see a band like Orgy and be blown away that they were not showing off their virtuosic musicality. Uh, I think that that's like... Uh, you know, I've heard their music before. That's not something I'm expecting them to like, you know, be a great live band or anything like that. I wouldn't expect that any of them could actually play their instruments. So what what are we expecting from Orgy here? It feels like this this is too much. <laughs> the way I'm thinking about it is they are an electronics heavy band to begin with, like they always have. Yeah. So like of all bands to use sweetening and backing tracks and backing vocals and all sorts of technological advances. Like, I'm okay with them doing it. Just like, yeah, I would expect them to want everything to sound pristine and to have all the triggers and whatever else to do it. So for me, it's just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, granted, it's a very short set. You should be able to sing your own stuff in that short amount of time. It's not like you're going on a heavy touring schedule and this is day 28 and your voice can't cut it anymore. It's just you're the... It's sort of industrial, sort of electronica band on this. I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get, uh, you know, being surprised or annoyed or outraged or whatever with that one. That that just kind of like, yeah, that checks out to me. With a band like Falling in Reverse, where there's maybe two, perhaps three chords at play and not like a lot else, it's like, okay, well, you should probably be able to pull this off. And the fact that you can't is an indictment of you as a person. <laughs> And I guess the discussion that's been going on is like particularly for older bands, um, 80s, hair metal, glam metal, that sort of thing. And even a little bit later that some are using backing vocals and some aren't. And uh, I kind of don't know how I feel about it. Like on the one hand, if you're still out there performing, you should actually be performing. But on the other hand, I'm just like you're going to shows to hear the songs you like. Yeah. I kind of, I feel like I would rather hear good versions of it, and even if it involves sweetening and even a little cheating, whatever, I think I would rather hear that than, like, hear bad musicianship and bad singing. Like, you know, go with Vince Neil, whose voice is just shot and gone, and he can't do it anymore. While it might be funny for us to play some of those clips where he's, it's not fun to pay Eighty dollars and see it live. I mean, sure, but again, uh, I feel like if you're paying eighty dollars to see Motley Crue, you get what you deserve. You deserve to be ripped off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I, I kind of get it. Like all these hair metal guys, they made their name back in the day. Like you know that they were decent musicians. So not being able to pull this stuff off anymore—that's a huge bummer for everybody involved. Uh, I would say if you cannot do that anymore, it's probably time to hang it up. That would be my that would my, be my impression of it. If they're capable of hanging it up, absolutely not. Nobody is. I, uh, I there's a billboard right next to my house for Aerosmith's farewell tour. It's like f- sure, fucking bet. <laughs> 
Honking on paying lawyers' fees. Yeah, honking on, weren't you credibly accused of, uh, uh, you know what, I don't have the actual accusation in front of me, so I'm just going to stay quiet. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be sued. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I forget what I was getting at, but all these old guys, they just need to get in the hole. I think that's my my genuine opinion here. If Orgy wants to play with backing tracks live, they should be allowed to simply because that is the nature of the music. Uh, everyone else, like, uh, you know, you, you got to figure it out. Just using backing tracks for death metal bands. I mean, you can. Um, I'm trying to think of I have definitely seen bands do, like, uh, backing tracks for, like, orchestral parts or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which, you know... Is that a poser move? Should you, in fact, have a 32-piece orchestra touring around the country with you? Yes, you should. No, Just the, <laughs> the London Philharmonic Orchestra playing with Lorna Shore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Lorna Shore don't even record with real instruments, so, like, what are we expecting there? <laughs> I mean, like, vocalists will use pedals and tricks to help give them louder voice, deeper, effects-heavy stuff. That's, you know, okay, right? People don't have a problem with that. I remember back uh, in the f- day, uh, Korn, uh, Jonathan Davison Korn, like, endorsed the Korg Chaosolator. Do you remember that? No. Uh, it was a little device. Like, the, the marketing executives at Korg were like, we're selling all this shit to bass players and keyboardists and guitar players but we can't sell shit to vocalists what we need a multi-effects pedal for vocalists specifically so that they can have some more dumb shit to fuck around with and that was the uh, that was the result there uh so it was a little like unit that you could fuck around with while you were singing that would add like you know flang sounds or spooky scary noises to your voice uh, it was a huge piece of shit. <laughs> I remember seeing one of those at a guitar center and playing around with it and then wondering what's the point. Uh, to, to, if you wanted to make your vocals sound like absolute dog shit, that was, that was what you needed. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree. Like, I think uh, especially for the genre that we listen to, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bullshitting going on between you and me. Speaking of bullshitting vocalist, you saw our friend Phil Labonte had popped up again. Oh, man. It's always such a treat. Um, I don't follow Phil. I, I hate Phil. Uh, I think he's a huge piece of shit, so I don't want to actually follow him online because it makes me mad to see him jerk off to, like, uh, I don't know, child poverty or whatever. Uh, so uh, it's it's fun when, like, he pops up through other people's uh, timelines. Um the New York Post, that bastion of, uh, you know, journalism, uh, ran a thing yesterday. Uh, here's the headline. It says, Megan Kelly. Do you know who Megan Kelly is? Yes, she was at one point the Fox News reporter-ish slash host who eventually got kicked off of that channel, had like a daytime talk show for maybe two months and got paid millions of dollars by ABC. I think so. Yeah. NBC, one of those. And it did so poorly in the ratings. They just ate her contract and gave her all that money just to get her off the air. And now she's like doing her own show on the internet. Maybe incredible. Wow. You really can't do any better in media than that, where you just get a huge payday and you just fucking stop. You stop doing anything. Like, what is the, the NFL like equivalent of that, do you think? It would be like Bobby Bonilla. On oh, the for sure, for sure. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, like, those people never go away. 
it's the same thing with like Tucker Carlson now. They're all like planning their next move. Or maybe I'll go to this right wing TV station, this internet show. I'll do my own thing. I'll launch my own website. Just, just be rich. The grift never stops with them. I know, but just have your money and I don't know. Enjoy your time on Earth. I mean, like that's easy for you and I to say. Like, if I had fifteen thousand dollars, I'd be like, "Well, I'm never going to work another day in my life." <laughs> I'm going to get the uh, the supermarket brand of cereal this week. Exactly. Uh, no, I would I would find a way to just like spend as little money as possible to survive and just be like, I love not working. Uh, but these people are not the same way, probably because their jobs are not hard in any way. <laughs> and they're in it for the love of the game. Yeah, that too. Anyway, so this bitch says, uh, Megan Kelly says, uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover featuring trans pop star Kim Petrus will be a turnoff to teen boys. Mm. I'm, I'm mm. not like a, a psychologist or another, but there, I feel like there's a lot of psychology going on here. <laughs> Why isn't anyone thinking about the teenage boners? I, um, I was once a teenage boy, were you? Once upon a time. Did did you ever uh, jerk off to Sports Illustrated? Because I, I, I did not, no. No, there were actual pornographic magazines and this thing called the internet at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I don't know, man. I, uh, had a, I had a subscription for a while uh, to Sports Illustrated. I don't think the swimsuit issue actually came with the subscription. I could be wrong there because I don't remember seeing it. I think uh, you had to go to Barnes & Noble to get it. I think so. Uh, anyway... Uh, this, uh, this, uh, Twitter user, uh, that I, I see, I don't follow this user either, but they pop up in my timeline all the time. Uh, and they, they seem, uh, they seem pleasant enough. So that's fine. Uh, at Juniper is what it is. It says, um, why, why do Republicans think so much about children's sexuality and if they're turned on or not? Which I mean, that seems like a pretty valid question. What do you think? Especially with all of these absurd groomer allegations, going on and trying to pigeonhole or be weird about LGBTQ people and all the trans rights and all the just the nonsense because it's all projection yeah. because you keep constantly hearing about Republican state representative caught with this or assaulting this person or doing this with children. So it's yeah. all projection and nonsense. Like two weeks ago, Texas, the Texas ledge uh, censured its first uh, state rep in 92 years. Can you guess what it was about? <laughs> he got his 19-year-old staffer drunk in his apartment and was sexually active with them. I see that you also follow the news. <laughs> I can also tell you about one of my local news things, although it's not in that realm. It's still funny because it's slowly becoming national news. Uh, in my town, a Republican councilman was caught smoking crack in his car in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah. I said he was smoking crack and fentanyl. <laughs> and uh, the only reason why we know about this is because they released the police camp footage after someone had called the police saying someone is choking to death in their car. And they found this guy just completely zonked out of his mind. And the police officer knew him, too. Incredible. Like... The crack fentanyl mix is kind of like a poor it is a poor man's speedball. So really really playing with fire there. <laughs> but I digress. I just wanted to tell people about that cuz it's funny as hell. 
anyway, uh, Phil Abonte decided that uh, he would uh, piggyback off this incredibly popular uh, Twitter account uh, to make a statement, and uh, that never seems to work out for him anyway. Uh, he says here, honesty and integrity are liberal values. Leftists are not liberals. Do not expect leftists to behave as liberals. Expect them to be dishonest. What the fuck is he talking about here? I don't know. Like, I genuinely do not understand what he's trying to say. I, I guess he's trying to say that this Twitter user was being dishonest in their criticism of Megyn Kelly's criticism of a magazine. I, I guess so. Anyway. Uh, Ad hominem, ipso facto. Uh, so this, uh, Jennifer says, notice he didn't answer my question. Uh, Phil replies, it's, it's question was directed at Republicans. I'm not a Republican, but they don't care about that or about the initial question because they're not honest. Uh, I, I, I've heard him trot out this line so many times that he's not a Republican. He's, you know, a libertarian, which is so substantially different. <laughs> it's its own brand of worse. But yeah. Just to like jump in and he's not replying to this person. He's quote tweeting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, just to defend Republicans, even though he doesn't consider himself a Republican. And I'm sure this probably has something to do with libertarian ideals in terms of, sexuality and age of consent and trans rights. Uh, so what I really appreciate here, cause, uh, Phil has a way of being just a huge fucking wiener. Uh, and th- what you need to do with these people is be direct with them, which is what Jennifer did here. This is a question directed specifically at Phil Labonte. Why do you think so much about the children's sexuality and if they're turned on or not? <laughs> Uh, did you notice he didn't reply to that? Did not quote tweet it. Had nothing to say. Well, there you go. There's your answer. Uh, huge, huge piece of shit. It always makes me happy when he's embarrassed uh, on a large stage. Uh, the most recent time we talked about him uh, was when he was being thirsty as fuck on Tinder and failing to gain any traction. <laughs> Keep tweeting through it, Phil. I think he's at like almost 170,000 tweets. Like, oh this my is great. God. What the fuck? No, I'm looking at this right now. Let's see. 163.7 thousand tweets. I, I've i been on Twitter for a long time. I feel like I tweet way too much. I'm at uh, 23,000. I feel like a, like a normal, well adjusted person in comparison. Yes, much, much better. It's log off, Phil. <laughs> log off for a long, long time. Uh, anyway, uh, huge piece of shit. Uh, glad to see any time uh, he, he gets made fun of. Uh, if, you're, if you're out there on the internet, you should be making fun of Phil. Uh, it's fun for everybody. And he probably will respond. Eventually. Uh, right now, he's just so mad that he has to, you know, like, uh, I don't know, go, go do some, uh, some, some curls in his squat rack or whatever. Um. I found I wanted to bring up something completely separate here. Is that okay? Yeah, let's let's separate ourselves from all of that. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the internet, which I feel like sure it's there. We spent a lot of time on it, but did you know that there was a time before the internet? I have heard of such a time. I'm pretty sure I was alive during it. 
I was too, although my memories of it are becoming increasingly hazy. Uh, probably because I've memorized tweets from people that I hate uh, rather than like childhood memories. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to remember friends and having fun when you can remember a tweet from some asshole with a blue check mark? Exactly. Uh, we, we've been on a, a kick lately, you and I, uh, privately in our DMs. We've been sharing things back and forth all week. What what have we been sharing, though? Sounds very salacious when it you say does. it. It like does. I that. was trying to be salacious. Well, there was a, some very sexy back and forth going on with screenshots of old heavy metal magazine reviews and interviews and advertisements and all sorts of just fun time capsule things that, for the most part, don't really exist anymore. Yeah. Uh, we have found a few incredible caches of magazine scans of heavy metal mags from the 80s uh, and the 90s. And uh, boy, I've been having the time of my life going through these things on my days off. Um, I gotta, What's your favorite mag that you've been through so far? Because mine has definitely got to be Metal Forces. Metal Forces is pretty good. Um, I flipped through a bunch of Kerrangs, which is not as good as I thought they would be. Because there, there is a time, especially with the 80s ones, where a lot of these magazines, because there, there wasn't so many of these bands or they had kind of hyper-focuses where they just focus on like the bigger bands of the 80s and not necessarily metal or the heavier metal thing. So you may get like a Judas Priest interview next to... Guns N' Roses, next to Kiss, yeah, next to, you know, uh, some of these other bands that you just, I don't know, wouldn't consider heavy metal. Like, uh, or, for, there was a there was a, like a 10-page feature on the damn Yankees and one that I was reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of Def Leppard at the time. So it's kind of like, eh, I'm not really interested in that. But then there's some of the, like, even zines that we found, like handmade stuff, some things from Europe, some from South America, where... They're just talking about bands I've never heard of, but they have pictures with them and just funny gimmicks and all sorts of stuff. So it's kind of a neat thing to find that like you wouldn't really discover unless you were hitting like the random band button on Metal Archives. Oh, yeah. Like some of these handmade zines from Europe, like I have never heard of any of these bands in my life. And it's like, shit, I've got I want to find all of these now. I want to hear what every one of these sounds like. And I've been doing that, too. I've been going through and listening to some of them. There's one I didn't listen to them and I'm not 100 percent sure in their name. It was like the Hunters or the Huntresses or something like that. And it was an all girl band but they were dressed in like fred flintstone <laughs> get ups kind of like carnivore but it, it's just like this is delightful i'm glad i know this now yeah and i don't know it's it's kind of neat that knowing some teenager like carefully spent days like strapping this shit together in their bedroom in like 1984 and then it's it's preserved here for a just a global audience like in a completely different country, I get to flip through their work. I don't know. I'm having a fun time with it. And another fun part of that is there's lots of classified ads in a lot of these. Oh boy. And for the most part, it's like people just looking for pen pals. And some of these are like, I am a 15-year-old girl from Japan. I like Van Halen and Tiger Tales and Saxon. Please write to me. And here's my address. I absolutely love 
the classified section here, man. Uh, and again, like this is in so many of them. Uh, so many of the magazines had just a place where people were looking for connection, like people wanting to be pen pals with somebody, people looking for like a girlfriend, people looking to trade tapes like across the world with each other. Like we have the internet now. We don't need, this is what replaced this, but there is something so quaint and so sweet about this that I don't know. I, I love it. Um, my, I, I saw, uh, a, <laughs> uh, let's see, I've got, uh, I don't know, man, I've got so many here in front of me that I kind of want to read. Do you have one that you want to read? So, yeah, I guess we could tell people what we're planning on doing and it'd be good to have a little bit of feedback because we're not sure how we want to do this because we keep finding so many good things. Curious if people want us to like read one or two during every show if they want a show of just these, maybe we could do a Patreon with just some of these. Let us know what you think, because these are a blast and we want to share them with you. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to read a quick classified, if that's okay. Yeah. New York City Hardcore. I need to correspond with anyone who regularly goes to New York Hardcore shows. I'm into Agnostic Front, Gorilla Biscuits, Judge, Token Entry, Sick of It All, Warzone, Nausea, Bold, etc. Please contact L. Harrison at 34 Beaconsfield, Lowell Gateshead, Tyne and Ware, England. <laughs> and like, I, I guess I'm, I grew up the idea that there was the, uh, what is it, the anglophile like the american that was really into like english shit so it's so delightful to see the exact opposite like a prim and proper english kid that's like oh i want to fucking beat down in the pit with my crew just wistfully dreaming of going to cbgb's to see madball i know seriously it's it's very very fun um okay but i guess we came to this specifically uh, because I read a really, 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 really shitty uh, review of a record that I like in Metal Sucks from... This is like a 10-year-old review. It's not even recent. Uh, and I wanted to go back further. I wanted to see more shitty reviews. Uh, and boy, did we find some. Uh, you actually... I think that you had the most fruitful findings of the two of us. Is there one that you would like to bring up? This is a good skill that I have and just the ability to find the worst things. And when it's reading these reviews, it's fun to see some bands or seminal records that are just like really held to a high standard today. Like these are great. They're untouchable. Everyone loves them. And to see reviews of the time where sometimes, yeah, that's the case. Sometimes these albums, even back then, were getting nines and tens. But then there's sometimes where they don't get rated so well. And a fun one I found was from for Danzig's Danzig album, if you'd like me to read it. I, uh, you know what? I would. I would say, you know, uh, I, I have my uh, beef with uh, Danzig. I've seen him four times. He has sucked shit every single time. <laughs> uh, but I still regularly listen to that record. This is a hit. This is the big one. Yep. And this was written by Phil Alexander who gave it a four. Is that a four out of five? That is a four out of ten. Ooh. So Phil Alexander says, hmm, all caps. Now this is a difficult one. You see, being a fan of Glenn Danzig's previous vinyl excursions, readers may care to note that Glenn was the prime mover behind the Misfits and later Sawe, or Sam Hain, <laughs> 
I really wanted to like this album, but I guess it just wasn't meant to be. Gone are the gloriously grunge-ridden days of Who Killed Marilyn, Green Hell, and Halloween, among a plethora of other genuine 110% classics penned by the great man. And instead, in their stead, we find a newly acquired and overproduced clarity that Mr. D does not wear it all well. Hmm. From the, from the opening riff of Twist a Cane... <laughs> Twist a cane. Oh, twist a cane. <laughs> it seems patently clear that Def Jam Wiz Kid and producer Rick Rubin has perhaps played Grunge King Glenn and ACDC album too many. Now let's face. Uh, uh, hold, on, hold on a second there. Mm. We all know. Twist, I know what you're gonna say. We all know Twist a cane. <laughs> twist a cane. Uh, that is such a fucking slamming riff. That that's so far beyond anything ACDC ever did. <laughs> And it's funny to see grunge used so many times before, like, the actual grunge sound came out. It seems like uh, music writers were just looking for an excuse to name something grunge, and <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it was just such a good word that finally it took hold. Yep. So he continues, let's face it, who the heck bought a Misfits or a Sawe album for a cliquey screen CD-fied sound? Certainly not me. Essentially, whereas songs like Not of This World, She Rides, with a particularly horrible modern drum sound, and Possession would have plumbed the depths of Mega Doom with the Misfits or Sawe. They now come across as a horrendous hybrid of ACDC cult rockers. Huh. I mean, it's more rock and roll than uh, the, the previous punk-focused things, but... I, again, I don't. I don't hear. It doesn't sound like ACDC to me at all. Guess ACDC has their one groove, and this has a groove in it, so therefore it's the same thing. I guess so. The truth of the matter is that Glenn Danzig has not lost his vision or his own particularly gruesome type of rock and roll. However, due to an error of guidance, he has temporarily lost his way. It's not that the songs themselves are bad, more the manner in which they are presented that is at fault. And I hope to high heaven that Glenn proves me right when the band visit these shores shortly, supporting Metallica. Much has been written about the fine line that exists between the realms of genius and those of insanity. To these ears, Danzig represents Rick Rubin's folly. Rick Rubin's folly. Uh, Whatever happened to Rick Rubin after that? Uh, uh, never, never heard from him again. Uh, absurd. That is a patently absurd thing to say about that record, but, you know, I guess... We all get we all get to have an opinion. I hope that he was, uh, you know, gratified when Danzig completely uh, changed course on Danzig two and three. <laughs> when Danzig confronted him live and looked up at him, balled up his fist and wanted to fight. <laughs> uh, that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, I, I man, I remember when I uh, first bought a Misfits CD when I was a teenager. Uh, and I remember liking all the songs and thinking to myself, God, I wish this sounded better. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just, you know, uh, my modern ears versus what was cool back in the day. But uh, I, I definitely would have preferred some more modern drum noises on those records. Yeah, they are old and poorly recorded. And I know they've re-released and fixed up some of the things. So it's out there. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fine. It's fine when things sound good, actually. Uh, people should try to do that more often. What's, uh, what else did you see though? I mean, like, God, I, I put together a, a cache of things that I would like to bring up on this show at many different occasions. Uh, really salacious stuff 
uh, real juicy things from uh, some of our favorite uh, metal personalities uh, back from 40 years ago. But what, what do you got right here? We could do another fun one, and that'll be it for this little segment now, and people can let us know what we want to do later on, whether it's you could leave a comment, let us know on Twitter, email us. But going through these, it's fun finding interviews, especially for some of these smaller magazines, where it's like you could just call up or write to some of these well-known musicians now and just talk to them. I know. And they're happy to talk to you. It's it's right. so funny that everybody has like their address listed too. Like you can like here here is King Diamond's address. <laughs> you can just write to Scott Ian in Anthrax and he will send you a shirt for five dollars. I know. Crazy. So this interview that uh we'll talk about for this one is with Tom Warrior of Celtic Frost. We uh we do love a uh, Tom Warrior. What's what's he got to say here? So this is post Hellhammer earlier days of Celtic Frost. An inevitable question, but have you ever considered yourself a black metal band? And he responds, In Hellhammer days, I'm afraid we did, although if you read the lyrics of the Apocalyptic Raids mini-album, you would have seen that we were against black metal and all religions. You see, I'm not a believer of any religion because I think they're a man-made implement to gain power over people. But Celtic Frost are definitely not a black metal band. I'm not sure how much direction we're into, but the new album is very esoteric, historic, or about fantasy. And the interviewer asked, so what are your opinions of other black metal bands? And he responds, oh God, they just do it to sell fucking records. But the fans really get into that, and it's sad. Get him, get him, Tom. When he's right, he's right, shit. A lot of bands are just jumping on this bandwagon of satanic fucking metal to sell records and stuff like this is killing the metal scene. Bands like Sodom and even Hellhammer, who couldn't play, are just destroying a lot of heavy metal honor. Get all of their asses. Do not let up. Boy. When he's right, he's right. What can you say? And that's why this thing is fun, because you could find an interview from 40 years ago and maybe he still feels the same way. Maybe he feels different. Maybe someone would get upset seeing him say that. Maybe people like us would laugh heartily seeing it. <laughs> uh, it's wild to think, like, when do you think heavy metal started, like, officially? Um, I mean, the easiest point is to just say Black Sabbath, Sure, right? sure, sure. But I mean, like... And I know... You got that. People will people will say Jimi Hendrix or Led Zeppelin, or some will even try to, like, go back further and go with like blues, American blues and screaming Jay and howling wolf and those sorts of things. I'm not one of those people. Uh, let's say like, I don't know, fucking like 78. That feels like a decent metal time to me. I don't know. How about you? Yeah, sure. 78, 79, close enough. So here we are in uh, 2023 and I was reading a uh, metal forces interview uh, from 1995 uh, with D- Dave Ellison in which Dave was describing the process of putting together a set list for that tour that they were on in 95, which was notable because they were doing it with fan input from the internet. So like thinking about that 1995, like I I was not, I don't think I was using the internet in 95. Were you? I didn't even have a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I probably 
didn't get on until like 97 or 98, maybe. No, maybe. Windows 95. Anyway, somewhere around that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but now, like, thinking about those years, I think that we've been with metal, with the internet, for longer than we've been without it. Is that not wild to think about? Yeah, it's just they're one in one now. They're intertwined and interconnected. I mean, that's how we know of so many of these bands. That's how we're doing the show. <laughs> this is how bands book their tours. It's all just internet now. No one picks up a phone or a pen and paper anymore. So, I mean, in in some way it is like uh, this is uh, such a, a fun way of seeing how things used to be. But like, man, uh, it was for the most part, it's been this, not that. Uh, so we're really looking at uh, some antique shit here. Can you can you imagine a band asking for their fans' input now on a set list? Oh fuck no, god damn. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, let us know what uh, what you guys think. Do you want uh, more of the old 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 content? Uh, because I certainly want to give it to you. Let us uh, let us know what you think. Not not to point people in any direction, but we have found some good interviews and very interesting quotes from bands that definitely won't ruin any lives if we post them online. <laughs> uh, I've also been following uh, in issues, back to back to back issues, uh, a beef between uh, Merciful Fate and Venom that I am following like so closely. <laughs> if we ever get the chance to interview any of them, you're going to have to bring it up. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, but let, like, that's enough of the old stuff for now. Let's get to the new stuff. All right, there's a there's some other shit that happened. Where do you want to start? Well, we were laughing heartily at Tom Warrior making fun of black metal. So I guess we could talk about the thing that happened with the bassist from Marduk, uh, Joel huh. Lindholm, doing a Nazi salute on stage. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with this specifically. When your band and your band specifically has been accused for years of like glorifying Nazism, you can't do that. That's against the rules. You give away the game. <laughs> I'm so freaking shocked that the band that had Panzer and multiple songs and EP titles would do such a thing. It's just like, what an incredible own goal. Like, you you could, th like, I know that years ago they were accused uh, of, like, buying from a Nazi distro in Sweden or something like that. Yeah, well, two of the members, the vocalist and uh, I think a, a former drummer, their names showed up on these lists of purchasing Nazi paraphernalia from the Nordic resistance movement. Yeah, and like even then the they said that wasn't us, that was some some other guy with the same name. So there the was the same name, address and IP address. Exactly. So they were still striving for some measure of plausible deniability that we are not in fact endorsing the core tenets of national socialism. And then that you just fucking piss in the face of all that by doing a fucking Heil Hitler on stage, dude. Like, you can't do that shit. <laughs> they tried to say it was because he was drunk. And so, like, whomst among us hasn't been so drunk that you pledge fealty and loyalty to Das Führer? I mean, like, we all, they saw it work for Phil Anselmo. They were like, fuck it, saving throw. <laughs> like, white wine. Damn, it failed. <laughs> And they said, following a variety of intolerable stage antics by a very drunk Joel, 
which is funny to think of a black metal band having someone named Joel in it. <laughs> At Incineration Fest last week, he has vacated his position in the band. Our old friend and bass player, Devo, which is also funny, <laughs> has agreed to step in on a temporary basis. So this is unlikely to affect any of upcoming shows. Okay. All right. Well, I guess uh, I guess we can move on from this and cover our ass so barely yet again. We could stay on Century Media Records, one of the biggest metal record labels around. I feel like, yeah, somebody should probably step in here and say, like, this this is very clearly what we all know it is. Like, at what point do we stop pretending? Like, Marduk record sales aren't so good that they have to keep this band on. They're not having Century Media's money guy just running in saying no no you can't get rid of them look at the bottom lines fuck them gone they're gonna end up on like nuclear blast anyway i know and you're not supposed to do this when like a band has like a a cancelable event or whatever but you know when you say like this band has always sucked shit but they have man and you need to be honest with yourself about that it's funny when you sent this story to me i'm like wait didn't this already happen and then I had to remind myself, oh, no, wait, this was Watain who did something like this. The other black metal band that has flirted with Nazism and fascism for their entire career. I'm sorry. I was confused. And, and Watain is not uh, suffering any ill effects from that whatsoever. I will say that since moving to the DFW, every single show I go to, no matter what like subgenre of heavy metal, I see more people in Watain gear than any other band. It is fucking wild to me. And they're always the smelliest bitch. Smelliest. Ah, oh, what a dog shit band. Uh, find it, listen to better music. God damn. <laughs> like that. I don't know, dude. Like there are other bands out there. Like, like, like. Think of a band. Think. Of th- what do you got? What's a band, Jordan? Windier. That's a be- that's a better band. I mean, of course, they're not currently making music due to that, that guy breed, dying. Then. Yes. Breed. Okay. There we go. Much better band. Uh, both of those bands actually super sick. Good call. <laughs> and Reed has put out like anti-Nazi fighting Nazi songs. And they don't cover themselves in pig's blood, uh, which is, I really hope one of those guys gets a brain-eating parasite. That'd be so fucking funny. Septic shock. Yeah. Uh, I will not be treating him if he comes in. <laughs> uh, anyway, I this is just... We all know what it is. Everybody's saying it, but uh, for some reason, the people in charge are pretending that it's not what everybody clearly knows it is. So uh, we'll continue to do this little song and dance until one of them, I guess, publishes, uh, you know, an 80 page manifesto before gunning down like a bunch of nuns or something. Uh, what, what do you think? Uh, what's what's going to happen next with these guys? Probably nothing. Probably nothing. That's right. Yes. Pretty confident nothing happening, unfortunately, because they kicked the guy out and it's just the bass player and he wasn't an original member. So they'll just say, oopsie doodles, that person's gone. We never have hate in our heart for anyone. Here's our next song, Auschwitz, Treblinka, blam, blam, blam. It's just like I have zero respect for you because you're clearly doing this thing, but you don't have the fucking balls to say it. Like... You're just dancing around it. You don't have any convictions. Uh, so, I mean, real real, real wiener shit, if you ask me. 
That's because they're all cowards, number one, and they're cowards about because these are their real convictions and they're afraid to say it because they know they will get socked in the jaw. As they should. So uh, just food for thought. Every time you see this band on a flyer, this is uh, this is clearly what it is. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I don't want to have to fucking get back on my soapbox about how it's wrong to be a Nazi. Uh, it's really, I guess, really dead. We beat this horse to death, but it's still it's still kicking somehow. Sometimes you need to beat it again and again until people get the notice. I'm just saying, don't stop beating it. <laughs> uh, that's a message for uh, Team Joe. <laughs> okay, Phil Labonte. Ah, uh, got my ass. Um, anyway, what, what else? There's one other thing that I would like to bring up on the show if this if this is okay, and I don't want to keep beating another dead horse here. Uh, I, the last time we talked about it, I got so fucking mad that like my blood pressure went up and I gave myself a headache on the show. Uh, sh- the Shredders, do you remember them? Yes, the Shredders, the NFT band made up of no real people and a few guest artists who may have been paid for their time or maybe in it for the love of the game of crypto and Bitcoin from the things we've heard but have not said officially. Yeah, uh, we, we hear rumors, we hear things. Uh, anyway, the Shredders uh, put out uh, their debut single uh, with uh, a music video attached to it. You sent it to me because you want to kill me. <laughs> uh, and it, surprise, it fucking sucks. <laughs> a video that came out four or five days ago from now and only has like a thousand views. Yeah, with, with both of us watching, it is 1,126 views. So we are and a percentage most of, of the, most of the com- most of the comments on it are like from Bill NFT with like a fire emoji. Yeah, or uh, let's see, Goths uh, NFT with yeah, fire emoji, or another guy <laughs> saying damn yeah, fire emoji, <laughs> which I, I like damn yeah. I'm gonna start using that more often. Instead of hell yeah, it's our new tribute band. Damn yeah. Damn yeah. Um. This this song. Let's let, without even talking about the video. Let's just talk about the song. It's ass. Like let's let's just listen to a little bit of this. I'm going to make everybody suffer here. What do you think about that? Well, it's good that they have Alex Skolnick doing something on it because that's the only good part of it. And even then, it's feels like he's phoning it in. He well, I mean, it's not a. This is a, a half-ass song, if you can even call it that. Like, you've got Skolnick shredding over like verses, and then just the structure itself. It's it sucks. And this this chorus. What is this chorus, man? It's just like pitch corrected and just not even a thought. Shredders in the night. It sucks. It's nothing. Like when you realize that this is a fake product created by an organization and corporation and business people, it all makes sense because it's all very generic and bland and heartless. And even the video is extremely generic in 
I guess it's presentation of I'm a metalhead, but the world's against me. So I'm going to rebel against the world and steal someone's hot dog and take a bite out of it and run around and shred at people and ruin their good time because I like the shredders. This video pisses me off so bad, dude. Like it starts off uh, with uh, some like it starts off exactly like, a, you know, fucking uh, God, we're not going to take it by Twisted Sister. I promise I would never bring up that band again, but fuck. It's like a kid in his room and his dad's yelling at me. He said the kid is 30 and his dad is 40. <laughs> uh, and it's like, hey, I, I, I'm working my ass off to provide for you and you have not taken out the trash for three, three weeks in a row now. You don't have a job. Please help out around the house. We're literally dying. And he's like, <laughs> fuck you, dad. Uh, grabs his uh, Walkman, puts on his tape of the shredders. Uh, and goes while out, wearing a shredder's shirt. While wearing a shredder's shirt. Um, by the way, I don't know if you notice the uh, the amp that he has in his room is a Line Six Spider, which is uh, I think probably one of the shittiest things ever made. <laughs> anyway, uh, he goes out in public with his guitar that is not hooked up into anything. Uh, goes up to a guy that's buying a hot dog at a hot dog stand. Uh, takes it from him, takes a bite, and then throws it on the ground while the man reacts as if someone were telling him a confusing knock-knock joke. Uh, this, and I think this is really what, what gets it for me. Like, I know what you were going for. I know, like, what you were going for with this song and with this video and with everything that is just completely artifice with no real core behind it. It's just so fucked up and wrong. Like how did you how did you see that interaction between the hot dog man and the protagonist of this video? He's just being a jerk to be a jerk to complete strangers for no reason. And the strangers are not reacting in any kind of realistic or cartoonish or exaggerated way. It's just like, did you get one take at this? Like, did you have to hire the first guy you saw on the street? This is ass. Uh, so the, he goes up uh, and he sees some nuns. So he starts playing his gets you know, unamped guitar at them. Uh, and that of course offends them. And he plays uh, his unamped guitar at a couple in the park, uh, getting, you know, during a proposal, uh, and plays his unamped guitar at a man playing basketball. So they start lightly hitting him with a basketball. It's, it sucks ass. Uh, and then he sees a lady, uh, playing an unamped, uh, guitar in an alleyway and they start, you know, shredding back and forth with each other as the music in the background does not feature any lead lines whatsoever. Yeah. You fucked a very basic element up of your heavy metal music video where you have the guitarist shredding in the video to the actual shredding happening in the music. And because you don't understand this, because this is made by a fucking algorithm, it's fucked up and wrong. Everyone involved should be ashamed. Like, all that's missing from this is showing their hands are all fucked up and weird looking like AI art does. Yeah. <laughs> A third leg appearing out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, I, I hate this. I, it is doomed f to failure. And uh, with the cooperation of the Toilet of Hell, I think we can really push this over the edge. I think we can sink this motherfucker and set it on fire. Let's turn it into the Titanic. I, I, it's what it deserves. And I, I, I think that this is a cause we can all get behind. Let's do it. Uh, Alex Skolnick, you should be ashamed. Uh, everybody else involved, uh, you should you should feel infinite shame for working with this. It's it's very very bad. 
Is there anything else you wanted to get on the show before we called it? Just a final thing. It was a follow-up to a story we talked about maybe a month or so ago. It was the lawsuit between Megadeth and their artist who did the cover art for The Sick, The Dying, dot, 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 and The Dead. Oh, uh, yeah. The guy that agreed to do the art uh, via text message and then no money was discussed whatsoever, so they just didn't pay him. So this is in The Hollywood Reporter. A lawsuit over the cover of Megadeth's latest album, The Sick, The Dying, dot, 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 and The Dead, has ended in a draw. What? New York-based illustrator and designer Brent Elliott White in February sued the band Universal Music Group and others alleging that he hadn't been paid for hundreds of hours of work and that because they never finalized their contract, he still owned the copyright in the art. White, who said he, quote, created artwork and characters over time for Megadeth that have become an integral part of the band's identity, also claimed his art was featured in Rolling Stone without crediting him and licensed to third parties for merchandise without his permission. On Thursday, the parties filed a joint notice of settlement informing the court that, quote, the parties have reached an agreement in principle for the resolution of this action. They intend to file a stipulation of dismissal within 30 days. White's attorney, blah, 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 confirmed the matter has been resolved amicably. So he had to go through all this trouble of getting a lawyer and writing up a suit and putting it in front of a bunch of people's eyes uh, for them to finally say, oh, shit, I guess we have to pay this guy. (laughs) Sometimes that's the only way to get people's attention is to lawyer up and sue. It's just a shame because that cuts into, you know, your overall compensation. So, oh, no, man. Seems these some shady folks out there, I got to say. And Dave Mustaine is one of them. Absolutely. God damn. Holy shit. Uh, again, going through these old metal mags, he's always been shady. <laughs> it is fun looking at them because the magazines also have like news, little news bulletins. And a few I found in like the later 80s is like, this person has left Megadeth. This person is now in Megadeth. <laughs> what are these people going to do now that they're outside of Megadeth? It's, t- it's a tale as old as time. My favorite uh, so far in the little news blurbs has been... Uh, uh, SOD is no more. Uh, Billy Milano is asking if you play an instrument, uh, write to him at this address. <laughs> Just the early version of Craigslist. Uh, essentially. Uh, uh, you know, I'm fe- uh, re- return with a V. I, I feel I'm feeling very uh, uh, online nationalist about this. We got to return to these days. <laughs> You're going to create a new Twitter account with a, a Roman statue in it. Just posting vaguely fascist things until you get enough people to like it and then you go full fash. Exactly. Uh, but it's all it's all devoted to like tape trading and trying to find a girlfriend via classified listing. <laughs> we were a better society when you could write in a letter asking for a girlfriend that also likes Striper. Stop, you know, I'm just saying I wasn't really around back then, but it, people maybe liked it better. It's a possibility. Uh, but regardless, we're here now uh, in the bad future, so uh, we'll make the best of it, I guess. Um, this week, I am uploading uh, part two of our Fantasy Label Ball Prosthetic Records episode to toiletofhell.com slash Patreon. Other uh, way around. Fuck. God damn it. How, what is it? Patreon.com slash toiletofhell. Okay. Go to that website, give us $5. You get that episode plus like 
honestly 50 other episodes, maybe some more, like a shit ton of uh, compilation mixes that I make uh, every single month and spend like an entire day doing at a time. Like I put a lot of love into these things. I want you to listen to them. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, you can get that. You can support us. Uh, and you can, like, I don't know, tell a friend that it's a, it's a good show that you should listen to. I don't know. What do you think? Is that good? Yes. Tell a friend. Let other people know. Share it on social medias. Anything you could do helps. The more people talk about it, the more it shows up in these horrific algorithms. And the better these shows are listened to and the better the shows become. You could like us on Facebook. You could follow us on Twitter. At Joe Thrash and Kill, at 365 Days of Horror, DMs are open. You can see if you want to be our pen pals. They can tell you about the bands we like. And you can also uh, like us or follow us, whatever it's called, on Instagram. You can send us an email, toiletofhell at gmail.com or toiletofhellradio at gmail.com. Oh, and one last thing. Uh, I did an episode of a relatively unknown podcast with Brett Payne, formerly of Street Fight Radio, where we talk about heavy metal and healthcare. Uh, And I believe that is up now, and I'll share that with all of you. Uh, I don't know, maybe in the show description or something. It's a good episode. You should listen to it. Uh, And that's it. That's it. We don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? That's enough for today. All right. Well, we'll see you all later. Uh, Be good. Bye.
listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.